Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. We are coming up on the fall, and that means another boot camp. We're doing this one starting October 17th. And because we've gotten a lot of inf uh, questions about this and a lot of people interested, we decided to do a boot camp overview call. Me and Christy are here talking about the boot camp and what you can expect and all that stuff. So I think that you're going to really enjoy this episode and hear what Christy got out of the boot camp and what a lot of people did and her take on it. And it will explain the boot camp pretty much to you. And then we'll go from there. Uh, if you'd like to contact me about the boot camp, just send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. And thank you so much for liking and subscribing and leaving reviews and all that great stuff. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, make sure you share it with your friends. All right, let's get going. Okay, hi, Chrissy. Thanks for being here. Hi, Gary. Thank you for having me today. So let's start at the very beginning. When did you find Joshua and how that come about? I found Joshua in 2019 in the summer, June, probably. I was had been listening to really just sports podcasts. I'd been a little bit disenchanted with the law of attraction podcast that I had found. And so I was just sports was primarily it. One day, just sitting around getting ready for work, I typed in law of attraction podcast into iHeartRadio and came up with one that I listened to for a few minutes and it was fine. Went back and did the roulette scroll and landed on Joshua Live. And it just lit up for me like a few things in my life have done. I turned it on and listened maybe, I'm going to say five or 10 minutes and I got it. Everything changed for me in, in the first five minutes. I you know, just got this idea that all this time I had been trying to create my reality by changing what was going to happen tomorrow, changing all the conditions in my life. That was creating my reality. Okay, so how long did you listen to the podcast before you heard about the boot camp and then you called me or sent me an email? I, I'm sure that I heard about the boot camp within 24 hours, starting a new podcast. It was always the beginning and the end. And then it was probably three weeks, 30 days at the most before I reached out by email and what, set up a call. What was that inspiration like? It just felt like I had to do it. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had an option. I just, I knew there, and there wasn't a lot of fear in it. My, my assumption about the cost of it was probably the only real fear in it. And I, I just thought this is going to be so amazing. There's no way I can afford it. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I just had this idea that I couldn't, but you had said when the dates were that it was the next one was starting and I knew that was perfect for me. There were just so many things that were perfect about it. I just, I had to reach out. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of times people will say, well, I don't have time or I don't have money or whatever it is, but then they find it works out. And sometimes people, you know, know ahead of time that the timing is perfect and the money just arrived. So it's, it's interesting, but everyone has a little fear, you know, whenever you're inspired to do anything, fear pops up. But once you make that decision, the subject of your fear, that obstacle just goes away. Fades away. I, I'm figuring that out even just recently, more and more, that it it looks like it's so big and, and really can look impossible. I am just one of those people that will still throw it against a wall anyway mm -hmm. to see if it sticks. Once I decide to do that and, and even just start stepping through it, I find that all those things just fade. They fade away, become much smaller than and I imagine. Yes. 
So almost never this, the opposite. Yeah. So you have this um, preconceived notion that there are certain obstacles and those obstacles will prevent you from doing what you're inspired to do. That's what the fear is. You don't really know what it's going to be like, but you have this assumption based in a limited perspective or a rigid mental construct that there's like no way I can do this. And so you have this list of things. I can't do this. I can't, I can't you know, move away from my house. Okay. All right. So we get on a call. And in fact, it was funny because the Zoom didn't work or something. So we actually had a telephone call. We did. Um, I, I remember it vividly sitting in my car waiting to go in the gym and I couldn't get the Zoom to work on my phone. So Yeah, it's funny. And, and that's a funny thing because I've never really had, you're the only person that's ever not really worked out for. Maybe I've had one other phone call or two other phone calls, but generally, even if people aren't really good at Zoom, it's, it tends to work. But I think there's something in your vibration that has an issue with technical things. <laughs> <laughs> If I can't correct the problem by turning it off and then turning it back on, I'm out. <laughs> this isn't happening. So anyway, we had this call and going into it, you had a preconceived notion about what the boot camp would be. Then we have this conversation. It lasted about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And at the end of it, did you have a sense that you knew what you wanted to do? Yes. I, I knew going into the call that I was going to find a way to do it. Yeah. I, no, I, I mean, the timing that. was the everything there. Uh, yeah. But once, <laughs> once I, once I finished that call, um, I think what I had a sense of was you and this feeling that I wasn't judged at all because I, I knew when I made that call that there was going to be on my part, if I was going to get anywhere with this boot camp that I was going to be completely honest. So any question that was asked, I wasn't going to gloss over anything. I wasn't going to try to make myself seem better or smarter or anything than I was. Even in that 45 minute call, there were things that I said that I cringed when I said it. Ugh, ah. You had something about the, about the money. We got to the dollar amount and, and it was shocking to me that it was more affordable than I thought. But the thought came to me that, I really didn't feel right spending any money at that moment on myself because I was sending my daughter for her first year of college pretty far away. And I said that out loud and that is not normal for me. So once I realized that you had an answer and there was no judgment, there was not a change in your voice or anything. When I said these things, I, then I knew I said, this is, this is going to be right for me. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because you, when people get on the phone with, you know, someone like me, they tend to believe that they need to be a certain level of spirituality and that they're not going to be spiritual enough for something like this or awake enough sure. or whatever it is. And that I'm on this call judging how ascended they are. But the fact has proven out that if you're on that call, 99 times out of 100, you're ready for the boot camp because you could not be on the call with me otherwise. It's just not going to happen. Wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, generally we all come to this. I came to it. Everyone comes to it because we want to control our reality better or create things deliberately or change things or, you know, noticing the imperfect and trying to correct that, finding a solution to some problem, whatever it is. Yeah. And this is where we're led. But this is the solution to it. But it's not the solution based in control. 
it's the solution based mm-hmm. in perception. Right. When you, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm certain that, that over time, as I've come to different levels of realizing that that's what it is, it's my perception and my perspective. It's just so annoying. Seriously, all of this, and you're going to tell me that everything is going to stay the same, and I just have to accept that and perceive it differently. And initially, that's frustrating initially until you start to recognize the freedom in it and then see how things do just change underneath it because of the ways of the way to accept it. Yeah. Well, that's the illusion is that Mm -hmm. we can have choices, decisions, and actions that affect change. And sometimes you do change. I mean, if you want to move your house, you sell your house, move another house, there's a change, but it doesn't make a change in the way you feel. That's what we want to change is the way we feel. So we all come to this feeling frustrated, discontented, dissatisfied, even in emotional pain. And naturally, we believe that if our conditions were better than they are, we'd feel different. But that's not the way it goes. We also think that this idea of acceptance equates to settling. It does not. Settling (laughs) is just resigning without, you know, any ability to become the actual creator it's a settling it's a victim mentality acceptance is the mentality of the creator realizing that everything is perfect as it is you just can't see it you can't see it because you live limiting beliefs you have a perception of things that is inaccurate and Mm -hmm. it is unsatisfying when i finished the first book a perception of reality i said the same thing are you telling me here that it's just my perception that's causing me this dissatisfaction and is that yeah. the actual conditions? And yeah, that's it. And yeah. I'm like, that is that's unsatisfying. It. What we want it is, is right initially. Yeah, yeah. What we want is power. We assume that if we come to know who we are and come to understand the laws of the universe, that we'll have this power or this leg up on the game that will enable us to consciously create conditions that will make us feel good. But that idea of making yourself feels good feel good is the victim mentality. That's the perception that is that needs to be changed. You're not the victim, you're the creator. Well, how do you get from one perception of reality to another? That involves a lot of work. Well, you know, it's not work, work, it's fun, but it's it fun. involves pushing past fear and doing something that's uncomfortable. What's uncomfortable is bumping up against your limiting beliefs and challenging them. We don't mm-hmm. want to challenge those limiting beliefs. No, no, we don't. And and you also come to recognize that initially we we label our beliefs limiting and beneficial and and we need to do that to to sort them and and view them and observe them and soften them or pump them up. Eventually, I have come to realize that they are just beliefs. They serve me well in some areas and do not serve me at all in others. And I've started to to play with this idea of just bending the belief until it fades away. And I, I can start to see that in this, this new idea, there really isn't a belief anymore at all in anything. That's the, the nuance to it now that I'm starting to discover. There isn't an idea of of anything that is this way or that way. It is always, always flexible. And that's that's a new spot. Yeah. So everyone's primary limiting belief is, 
I am not the creator of my reality. Mm. That belief is inherent in humanity because without that belief, we could not go on a journey of self-discovery to discover that we are love. The only belief right. that is true is we are love. Every other belief is limiting. So even now, we got to a point where I uh, was informed that my empowering belief on my routine, which I always thought was contributed to success in every area of my life, was actually now a limiting belief. And so I had to completely drop my routine. Now imagine thinking your routine is your most empowering belief and, and then finding out it's limiting. This actually happens to be something that's very rare and maybe the first of its kind. So we're getting to this level here where we're challenging not just limiting beliefs, but also what we perceive as empowering beliefs. Right. It's, it's inter very interesting for me. It's, it's the idea of not needing anyone being completely self-sufficient. Yeah. That, well, I mean, that has always been very empowering to me. It's it led me to, to try things and do things and feel completely free all the time and, and be just on my own, or at least have the ability to be in anything. I really feel like I could do anything and I don't need anyone else. And I'm just now getting this idea that everything I want to do now, everything that's important to me, everything that, that I'm inspired to do is requiring me to rely on someone else and to collaborate with someone else in everything. And I'm having to completely change this thing I thought was empowering and look at it in a whole new way. Yeah. So when you got into the boot camp and it started, what mm -hmm. was that experience like to say week number one? Week number one was, I will have to say, fun. I felt very free. I felt like I had a path that I really hadn't had for a long time. And that part was exciting. My my coach that, that you assigned to me was lovely and she worked with me through the first week and um and I just I had a great time. The uh week two began the onslaught of <laughs> what manifestation events that created a lot of negative emotion. Yeah. And that was that was interesting. So in week one, it is a easy week where you we we gather everyone wherever they are and get them all on the same page and then you go into week two and you start doing evening homework which is processing manifestation events and it just so mm -hmm. happens that the universe gives you one every day at least so you have a lot oh, to work with i had five a day yeah and i i understood very quickly that they were occurring many of them at the thought level where I would just have a thought and find myself spiraling downward, or I would imagine an argument. And I started realizing how often I did that. And then, then of course, there were other, you know, <laughs> multitudes of other things, the unexpected bill, the refrigerator going out and it, I mean, you, you name it, it was so many things that, and I, I was losing it. It was, it was really funny. Yeah. It is funny how, I mean, I used to do that all the time too, is you'd, have this thought about something and then you get into this imaginary ar argument with somebody and you play both sides. <laughs> yeah. It, it never even occurred to me that I was doing that until that second week of the boot camp, And I caught myself and 
stopped and didn't do a manifestation event for him and then did it again the next day. And finally, after the third time, I thought, wait a minute, I feel really a lot of negative emotion here, right? Or I'm bouncing between negative emotion. If I can imagine that I came back with something brilliant to say in this argument, then I felt better. <laughs> I was just all over the place. And I finally sat and did the manifestation event for him. And it also took me a bit in that week to, to understand that from that spot, if I did it immediately when I was in the negative emotion, it was a little difficult to prove it false from there. And that I, I didn't quite get until maybe week three or four that just wait, <laughs> get where you feel better. And then, then you can prove it possibly. Yeah. yeah. So when you're in the problem, you can't really see the solution. And a lot of times when we first start this process, we use that manifestation event form to fix the problem. We say, Oh, we're going to yeah. fix this problem. We're going to feel better, but you're mm -hmm. in the problem. So you don't really have access to the information that's really going to flow through. The funny thing about that no. form is when you print it out, you write it by hand because your handwriting is slow eventually what happens is that your inner self starts writing it for you and then that's you exactly have what access. happens yeah uh the same is that, true that happened your, a lot yeah the daily spiritual practice too manifestation form is funny because you're not supposed to understand how to do it in the beginning you just do it and you can get it wrong you can get it right there is no wrong it's a process that we're not used to we're used to being you know, having our hands held throughout everything we do. In this case, generally speaking, I mean, there's there's a video you can watch and then we have the weekly living belief workshop. But generally speaking, the best idea is to just do it yourself and make mistakes and, and then learn by that. And you don't need to be right. proficient. That's not the point. The point is not to eliminate your limiting beliefs. It's to get into this process of realizing that all limiting beliefs are false. That's what you do, 49 of them. You, do, you have 49 chances to do this form. Some people do it all, some people do five of them. But the idea is you're not there to solve any problem per se. You're there to realize that every limiting belief you have is false. And you can find evidence to prove every single one of them is false. That's what that form does. Did the, you, it, I, and it does. Now, you yeah. had a, a thing about meditation. Explain mm -hmm. that. I certainly did. Ooh, how, how deep do you want me to go here? I had been in some sort of spiritual practice since I was maybe 22 or 23. So I was very familiar with meditation. And in my late 20s, early 30s, I let it go quite a bit and became a little dissatisfied with my life. Well, more than a little, a lot dissatisfied with my life. I was having fun. I had a great boyfriend. We had just built a new house. Uh, from the outside, everything seemed like it was just perfect. But I just wasn't happy and I, I knew it. Things were not, I, I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't following my heart at all. And I was aware of it. The only thing I knew to do at the time was to meditate. So I started meditating about three times a day for no less than an hour each time intensely. And I was not doing guided meditation. I wasn't doing light meditation. I was doing very deep chanting, transcendental meditation. I was, I was, going deep. And those chanting meditations really are designed to affect change. That's, that is what they're generally for. And I did it intently. After about three weeks of that, I had a massive manifestation event where my boyfriend was killed and it, my whole life turned upside down. And I perceived that I had caused all of that with meditation. So I swore that off. And that was in my 30s. Um, I did. 
I did find Abraham shortly after that, but I never did meditation. Even when I went to Abraham Hicks seminars and they would do a little quiet meditation to begin, I would just sit there with my eyes open. I wouldn't do it. And I remember that in the call is that this is the one area of resistance that you had because every yes. day of the boot camp we have a specific Joshua meditation. There's 10 of them, so they rotate. Um, mm -hmm. And so we were talking about meditation and you had your ideas about that. I did. And you and I talked about it a little bit. I said, I, I won't do it. I won't meditate. And that was probably the only thing that I said to you where I felt you, you had a, a little shocked reaction to it. You, you laughed and I explained generally why I wouldn't. And you said, Oh, <laughs> I see you're afraid of your power. And you think that your, your power th that through that meditation, you use your power to kill someone and, and, you know, destroy your life in a sense. And it, no, and, and you just made a suggestion that was easy for me to deal with. You said, well, you know, when you first start, the Joshua meditations are light. Just listen to them with your eyes open. You don't have to go deep into meditation. Just listen and you'll see how you feel. So that was enough for me to say, okay, I can, I can at least do that. Yeah. And yeah. so this is now three years later. Uh, yeah. What do you feel about meditation now? <laughs> well, it wasn't long uh, into the boot camp where I decided that I would try it and I felt great. I noticed that it was starting to help me slow some of my thought down. And through the the coursework of the boot camp of my my understanding of of just physical reality and some of the mechanisms of this and what my role in it was, I think I began to understand that I didn't directly cause that because I was meditating. I started to understand what had actually occurred and how that was a benefit to me and how my life changed for the better and everyone that was involved in it, generally their life changed for the better, generally. <laughs> And at least I could just look at my own and say, no, that was not a bad thing. It was a good thing. And I didn't cause it in the way that I think I did. So I became more and more comfortable with meditation. And, and of course, now it's such an integral part of my life. I wake up in the morning and at least for five or 10 minutes, it's the first thing I do. I use it now to, to go deep within, to hear messages, to talk to my inner self, to learn to slow down thought. I, I could not imagine my life without it now. This is the thing about the boot camp in general is that you have experiences that you label as bad or traumatic or whatever. And this is a perception reality that is not true. Then you start to become aware of how this reality actually works and see that the things you thought were bad or wrong are actually good and right. In the time you had resistance, of course, because you had a belief system that wouldn't allow for you to see the good in it. But now that you've gone through this, this is the, one of the ways that your perception changes. And when your perception changes from this victim mentality, perceiving the outside conditions can make you feel something and that you're vulnerable to a malevolent universe, to the realization that everything is always working out for you, everything's happening for you, you look back on things like that or even things you don't like right now and you say, no, it can't happen that way. It has to be something else. And if you can endeavor to see how it was beneficial to everyone involved and that death is not this horrible thing that 
we think it is. It's actually just a transition <laughs> back to the non-physical and that there is no death other than suicide. So all death is, is part of this game of life that we all intend to live. You do not, you cannot die until your inner self says, okay, you're done. Right. You're out. You're out. And once I, I got through, you know, midway through that boot camp, I began to understand just those very simple fundamental things. And it loosened up my grip on meditation and my control as that was something that was going to generate more bad stuff. Right. Do no, it's, it's a way that I can quiet my thought and hear, actually hear my inspiration, hear my inner self and, and see things differently just in a few minutes. And, and if not for nothing, just calm down, mm -hmm. just relax and flow through my day with a, a lot more ease and relaxation and peace that, that in itself is enough. In the boot camp in week eight, as we get to the end of it, well, actually in week, week seven, you get the first key to engaging the law of attraction and that's acceptance. Yes. Uh, but you understand it in a different way than just the word acceptance. You understand it in yes. a much deeper way. You don't, you know, the definition of acceptance is different for everyone. So it gets everyone on board with this, you know, this accurate definition. Then in week eight, the second key is revealed to you, which I did not get until my second boot camp. Uh, most people miss that. It's almost as if it's mm -hmm. not there. I saw it in the second boot camp. I'm like, uh, when did this come back in? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the other thing is that you, your soul's purpose is revealed to you. My soul's purpose mm -hmm. is that I'm a spiritual leader and teacher, a preeminent one. And that never occurred to me in all the years of doing Joshua, uh, five right. years of doing Joshua. I was assumed I was a student like everyone else. And this Joshua mm -hmm. was the teacher, but I was a teacher as well. Now, now I know that I am part of Joshua. This is a thing that we do together. Uh, without me, it doesn't work. And that my role in this is teacher and coach and cheerleader and bringing people from one perspective to another perspective and they go on from there. That once I read that and, and embodied it, then I could teach this boot camp, which is sort of amazing <laughs> because I was always thinking, well, who's going to teach this stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, it's certainly not you, not the person who it channeled it. Of course right? not, right? No, no of course student. not. I, um, I, I felt the same way in that end that I'm, you know, the the leader and teacher, those those things I I glossed over that and and just felt like, well, that's for someone else. That's that's fine. That's the last part of this and I don't really it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. yeah. Um so then you know, once you're in the boot camp, you're in for life. You come out of, you start with one perspective, you come out with a different perspective, a higher perspective. You can't go back down. You can't unlearn what you've learned. And well, so what was your life like immediately after the boot camp? <laughs> it, the, the physical changes even were immense. The way that I viewed everything in my life that didn't change was so completely different. I, I think essentially I, I did begin to just see myself differently more than more than anything at the time i wasn't understanding that my reality outside of me was me i was but my perspective of myself just the fact that i had completed that boot camp and had begun to get back into meditating had made new friends and i'd made so many new friends by the time that was over i'd gone to the retreat and 
my relationships were different. My relationship to my daughter, my husband, those were always good, but so much different, so much deeper. Um, I, I just immediately went into the second boot camp and found myself coaching someone in the second boot camp, which clearly is a massive shift in perspective on myself that I even agreed to do it, that yeah. I could do. It. Yeah. So I, my perspective on everything, everything looked brighter. Everything was more colorful. Everything felt easier. And the inspiration was coming clearly to me uh, all day, every day. And that was, I felt like I had to sift and sort that to, to act on just the, the things that I could slow down enough to act on. So it changed just, just after the first one. The second one, after the second boot camp, was the more drastic physical change in my life. Well, that's when For COVID sure. hit. Mm hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah, had this, exactly. COVID hit. Yep. You had mm -hmm. this I had a career. Business. Yeah. You were mm -hmm. flying around the country. Now you couldn't do that anymore. I could and not. You had to come into this realization that maybe uh, there's something else for you. I did. Yeah. I never felt a bit of fear about it, which is looking back on that now, I, it's amazing to me that I didn't. When, when COVID showed up, I remember initially the, just the shock of this thing was going on and watching the news for a couple of days and thinking, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. But even in that, I, I knew I could feel something bigger happening, that this, this shift, this virus, this thing was going to shake up the planet in a way that needed to happen. I was ready for it, excited watching it. And as my business started falling apart, my trips were canceling, all my clients were closing down and moving everybody into remote just there's a lot of my business was in New York City, Chicago, and these cities were completely closed. That was it. And I watched my income go to about 20% of what it was in just a matter of minutes. Now, nothing had happened. Nothing. I, there was no no change in it. It was it was immediate in, in the sense that I just saw it. It was all on paper, but I could see it. And I never felt fear about it. I just understood just after those two boot camps and putting everything that I had into those, I, it just changed my whole foundation for moving. And I really didn't even recognize it at the time. I didn't feel afraid. I felt, well, I'm kind of glad that's good. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to travel. I can stay, stay home. I can, and I just knew there's something coming. I have no idea what it is, but I guess I need to be ready for it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll talk about what came. But yeah. in that early part of 2020, we came down and met you guys and hung out with you and had fun. Um, mm -hmm. And then in July of 2020, we all went to New York City together. We did. That was an amazing experience <laughs> because here's the whole city shut down. And uh, one day we spent time traveling around and we were in Times Square and we were the only people there. Mm -hmm. That to this day is one of the more monumental moments in my life. I remember is that, you know, you and Tracy, Andrew and I, just the four of us sitting in the middle of Times Square with no intent other than just, we wanted to relax, just sit down for a minute. We've been walking for a couple of hours and one of you, it wasn't me. One of the three of you said, guys, look up, look around. And I could see all the video screens were going. It was perfect Times Square, but then whoever it was said, there's not another human being here. 
And I looked around and that was absolutely 100% true. There were no other people anywhere within my vision in Times Square. And I thought, what would we have had to pay financially to get this place to ourselves in the middle of uh, noon on July 4th? It was July 4th. That's right. Noon on July 4th that we could shut down Times Square and have it just to ourselves. Yeah. That was one of the more magnificent experiences of my life, really, in that moment. And then yeah. we uh, took a subway to Brooklyn and we had the subway car to ourselves. Not one person on it, but us. 12 stops. No, nobody has. <laughs> 12 stops. Nobody got on. We didn't get off. <laughs> and nope. I don't know of any New Yorker or human being that has experienced that in the world. You know? No, ever. That's, that's it. And I, I realized uh, then just a little bit more how I can have anything. I can have anything I want. There's nothing that needs to be tied to it. I don't have to tie money to it. I don't have to tie anything to it. That whole experience was free that day. Yeah. We, <laughs> there was nothing to it like that. It was just us having fun, following what we wanted to do. And in doing that, the world shut down around us and gave us the most perfect experience that I think anybody could ever have. Then we get out of the subway and we're in Brooklyn and suddenly everyone's in Brooklyn. It's like sunny Everyone. day, everyone's out, there's really no cars, everyone's walking around. We go have pizza at this famous place, we see all the sights. Uh, Beautiful. It was as if there was not one thing different except the, the vibration of Brooklyn compared to New York. To New York City. They had moved yeah. all the tables from the restaurants out into the streets. Yep. So there was no, no traffic. Oh, yep. We just had a wonderful time. It was beautiful. Then we had a heart opening ceremony with friends in New York and in this you know, wonderful apartment. And there was 20 or 30 <laughs> of us there and nobody cared about masks or anything. And no one got COVID from that. <laughs> no, we, we were all so relaxed and, and again, made more friends, met people that I had no idea were alive on the planet that, you know, were, were the most magnificent people I've ever spent time with. So yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then another part of that trip was we were going to go down to little Italy for dinner and it started right. you know, raining and they're like, you can't go in anywhere because everyone's outdoors. You can get soaking wet. There's not going to be anything there. Mm -hmm. So I said, nope, we're going. It'll work out. I have this inspiration. Let's go. So seven of us went down there, got out of the subway, pouring rain. We walk right into Little Italy, three restaurants down. And the owner of one restaurant says, come inside and eat inside my restaurant. So right. we're the only ones in this restaurant. And he says, the whole place to ourselves. Since COVID, <laughs> this is the first party in New York City that's eaten inside. A restaurant. Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> and we had the whole place to ourselves. We were loud. We were, everybody was having wine, everyone but me. And it, we had this fantastic dinner. We had four servers that were completely focused on us. Do you remember? It was unbelievable. Yeah. 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 And no one could believe it. You mean you ate inside a restaurant? We did. Yeah. And we were the only people there. This is, we're going to come to this later, but this comes up with the term unimaginable. It does. When you start living this new approach to life, you cannot imagine the things that are going to happen. You can't plan for it. You can't hold it as an ideal. You can't wish it into existence. It's beyond any capacity to even imagine. It's unimaginable. I've seen this with the boot camp with so many people gone through it and the changes that have occurred beyond anyone's belief in my life and lives of hundreds of people, the 
unimaginable thing is when you come out of this perspective of the victim and to the creator, you're breaking through into new dimensions. And when you get into new dimensions, what happens? Your innate hmm. empathic abilities start to come online. Did anything like that happen for you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, for me, it was a very quick process. I had no idea, no desire to hurt that many, many times that this is something that happens, but I did not believe that it would for me. And I, I didn't care. It wasn't something I was looking for. About a year after, um, let's say I'd done four, maybe four boot camps, four or five. And so it was, would have been November of 21 that we came to your house just for Thanksgiving, just to enjoy Thanksgiving week with you guys. And while I was there, I began to get communication from <laughs> and not my inner self, but from Isabel's grandmother, who was also there. So she had passed and that began to happen. And I did not recognize. And from there, it has snowballed into many other things. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is true. I've, I would say about 40% of people go through the boot camp is some empathic ability comes online. They are either clairsentient, meaning they just know things. Just know things. Yep. They're mm -hmm. clairaudient. They hear things. They become right. channels. They yeah. are, you know, free, you know, free writing or automatic writing is happens yes. to almost everyone. Almost everyone. I, that, that initially, of course, that, that initial communication with my inner self and, and being able to write in the third person, I begin to write as, as I and me, and suddenly I'm writing to myself. Yeah. And I think that everyone I've talked to in the boot camp within a period of time that begins to happen. So their their clarity on who they are and while why they're here takes a rocket ride in the first or second boot camp for certain. For me, then the the communication that came slowly from what I call dead people, although we call Joshua that, but individual individual entities again, sounded just like that. It felt like my own thought at first. And I questioned it, doubted it. And it became so abundantly clear that the things I was receiving, the things I was getting were just too specific and, and too obscure to be anything other than that, other than what it was, which someone speaking to me. I think that as I raised my perspective on myself and my reality through just the practical application things that appealed to me in the boot camp, something just opened up and this these visions, this communication became so clear. And and I, I can see now it would not have served me at all in my former life. It, I, I can think of a number of reasons why not, but it just wasn't time. And I couldn't, even if it did happen, I don't think I would have recognized it. I wouldn't have understood what was happening. And there just would have been no need for it. As it started to happen for me, then I got a little bit of a handle on this communication with dead people, became what I guess people would call a medium. As that started to expand, then I began to get visions of past, present, and future. So I became clairvoyant. And 
that was stunning. That it was stunning. I didn't understand. And I didn't understand what the benefit of it could possibly be. So I struggled with that a little bit and just kept going, was doing the Ascension experience then at the time as well. And it seems like the more I would go into these <laughs> these courses, these things that showed me more and more about myself and changed my perspective on myself and everyone around me, that the more abilities started to show up. So I, then I became, after the clairvoyant, I began to channel a bit. And then I began to visually see things with my physical eyes, began to be able to see energy. And then I began to start to read vibration. And it it is just, it had, continues. It all continues. Things show up all the time that I had no idea. And, and the most recent one probably is is the ability to timestamp and finding out what some of the benefits of that would be. And and now I'm finding myself doing readings for friends and friends of friends and allowing all sorts of things to show up. And sometimes it's the dead people. Sometimes it's clairvoyance. Sometimes it's channeling. It's all different things will show up depending on the person I'm sitting in front of. So it's been absolutely a result of that first boot camp and the second boot camp and then continuing to do the work and just suddenly there there it was it was all there even some level of empathy some some empathetic skills i have found i have yeah it's <laughs> it's unbelievable we we had a fun time when uh, i was playing poker in cherokee and you were able to remote view and so you're like, oh, there's this big white room and it's really cold and the floors look like this and the tables look like this and over to the side is the stage and all this. And so I would just <laughs> send you a video. She goes, ah, that's what I And then you're like, why am I in a bowling alley? <laughs> and I go, because there's a bowling alley here, you know? That's right. Like, What's this wicked weed place? That's one of the restaurants, you know, you saw all this stuff. I can see all these things. And I, you had said something to me about Cherokee and I said, well, I don't understand if where you are is called Cherokee. Why am I seeing an H on everything that you're looking at? And you said, because I'm actually staying in the holiday Inn across the street and (laughs) that's where I am. And Oh my God. So that, right. That happens now where I can do that. And, and was even able to, I think, tell you some, cards that were going to be dealt through the day, some pairs of cards. And it turned out that they were right on the money, exactly what was dealt. The funnest (laughs) one was um, you're sitting next to a woman. She's like in her fifties. She's got short blonde hair and her name's Sharon. And so I'm sitting next to a woman and I'm saying, is your name Sharon? And she goes, no, but her name's Sharon, like right behind her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi, Sharon. And you said that description really was matched her, the other yeah. woman much better, right? Yeah. You said that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's it is uncanny the yeah. the things that can happen. And the remote viewing certainly is not something I do all the time. And I'm not even sure how I get there to do it really yet, but but I do finding things now I that's can the, find things. Yeah. So the finding thing thing is fun because when we were working together in Greenville, I just said, give me your credit card and because it's your possession. And so you're out on the patio and I took it inside and I hid it in a lockbox on the kitchen counter 
inside of a lockbox. Didn't say anything, came back out. Half an hour later, you go in to get some water and you come out with the credit card. <laughs> yeah. You're just getting water, you licked around, and you went to the lockbox, didn't look anywhere else. There it was, came out with it. Now that is, right. we've looked this up, as far as we know, no one else on earth has ever been able to do that. So yeah, that's, I've looked it up. I've tried to find it and I haven't, I'm primarily, I know your interest in this. And so I, I know that you, you know, that that is something they keep catching psychics in that they yeah. can't do. Yeah. And so I, I clearly can, and we've, we've tested it on a number of occasions and it's, it's a, an ability that's developing for sure. I, oh. I don't, don't know why or how. Yeah. Well, we can't do the lottery. No, no. And, and that, that is a, that's a tricky one because there are apparently some beliefs that I have around it, that it is unethical and that I'm using my power for evil or for some sort of self gain that is unfair. I clearly intellectually understand that that is an illusion and makes absolutely no sense. Yet there are some other things at play that just make it challenging for me to get that information. And the fact that the the probabilities move so much, which I'm beginning to understand with, with the thoughts and actions around anyone who's even near this particular game. It's, yeah. it's amazing how much it moves and changes and my ability to slow that down visually. Let me explain that. So you yeah. may go into a place that has these quick pick tickets, there's a box of them, there's you know five across the top and five across the bottom. And when you, when, you know, my, I say, well, just go and look at the one that's going to win. You know, how, which one is gonna have the most money, just pick that one. Well, that's not how it works mm -hmm. because what no. is actually happening is there's no actual numbers or anything on the tickets until you scratch them off. And so, right you see these blinking lights all over and it's moving around really fast. And as soon as you right. pulled onto one, it's now gone. So you couldn't tell the guy, I want this one up here because by the time he pulls it and takes it off, it's gone because the energies of everyone playing that particular bunch of, you know, lottery tickets, their beliefs, their expectations, their desires, their proximity to it, their timing of it is all changing, changing the whole thing. Now, right. could you possibly slow it down? That's mm -hmm. to be determined. But when you look at it, it's just a bunch of blinking lights. That there's no way you can get it quick enough that you can do it. No way right now. Absolutely no way. And there are a lot of that those physical things in play in addition to my belief in using it to gain an advantage that is not fair. That's just not fair. So I, I understand that I have those sort of beliefs involved and that's what changes it yeah it another it thing difficult. that boot camp does is it really supercharges people's inspiration yes in, in the daily spiritual practice there is a exercise that we do that you have to remember some inspiration from the day before this turns out right. to be the hardest thing it's part of every single day yet when you come to that part of the daily spiritual practice and try to remember the inspiration it's elusive people can't do it so the practice is to think about the inspiration receiving at all times, even to write it down. Yes. When you get to these higher levels of perspective, you're gonna get more and more inspiration and things are gonna come faster. 
You're going to have to push past fear. It's a different way of life. Instead of living in fear, you're pushing past fear. There's still right. fear involved, but you're doing stuff that is uh, more interesting. So you yes. really have to recognize the inspiration. And then, you know, we were told that you and I, we receive 30% of what's given to us. We do. We block out 70% based on our belief system. And that we act on about 20% of that, which we recognize, which, right. you know, 20% of 30% is like six, I believe six, six <laughs> percent overall. Very, yeah. very small. Yes. And we're among yes. the highest in the world doing this, you know, to so, do this. Correct. Yeah. Most people don't receive too much and don't act on too much, but acting they just on don't inspiration. Hear it. Yeah. They don't hear it and that they do hear it. It doesn't seem like that's going to lead to what they want. There's, Last Joshua Live we did on Friday, there was a good example of this. So they're blocking inspiration. Well, as you go through the boot camp, you get much more inspiration. You really juice this up and turn it on. And if you can start acting on inspiration, this is what leads to the unimaginable. What happens is we all have these ideals where we think that if we attain this thing we think we want, we'll, be, we'll feel happy. That ideal is based in some example you've already seen. So all you're doing is copying what you think would make you feel good by some example you've seen in your reality. The unimaginable cannot be imagined, cannot be conceived of from a limited perspective. But once you start having these unimaginable experiences, you don't want anything else. This is all you want is the unimaginable, stuff that just blows your mind. This is what we are striving towards, the unimaginable life. This is a completely different concept. In fact, it's really just come in this year for us. <laughs> for us, right? yes. It has. Mm -hmm. Imagine, you know, we've been thinking our whole lives, visualizing. I, I'm a big visualizer. I've been visualizing. I've been making, you know, those uh, visual vision boards. boards, right? Me too, Putting right? Of course. All this stuff. And to do that, you have to cut out pictures that already exist in a magazine and copy someone else's thing they've attained. That right. is highly limited. It's great. It's fine. But we're going so far beyond that to have these experiences that are unimaginable. Knowing that is something that keeps me in the moment much more. That through the boot camps and the Ascension experience, these things I have, you can pick out in Joshua's words many, many times about staying in the moment and experiencing this moment. And in this moment, you are fine. Everything is okay in this moment. And that is a challenging concept to get. And getting to that spot and understanding staying in the moment letting go of those vision boards letting go of my ideas of what something could be what an experience could look like what a vacation should be what if there even is such a thing what is that what my career could look like all of it is showing up and it is a direct result of seeing myself in a slightly higher perspective every day and slowing down, staying right in this moment and understanding acceptance, the first key we're given. And then of course, understanding the second one. That right there is what did it. That's over time building on that is what, what did this. I never in a million years would have imagined myself as a medium or someone that would channel. And I have three entities that I channel on a regular basis now that are interesting and fun and give us all sorts of information and ways to look at our life. This is so much more fun, so much more satisfying. 
And the way I feel when I wake up in the morning is just completely calm and completely excited for what could possibly happen today. That's unimaginable, just that. And it's worth everything. What's interesting is we're going on this path of self-discovery. We're seeing ourselves from a higher perspective. And one thing in the boot camp that is very, a very big part of it is this concept that what you think you want is different than what you truly want. When you get to that part, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. What no, you it makes it want, piss me off. Yeah. Because what you think <laughs> you want is what you think you want, right? You think that's going to make you happy. Right. What you truly want is based in your pre-birth intentions. When you get on this path, which, which in the boot camp they call it the inspired path, of self-discovery. All of your focus then is maintaining that path, seeing yourself from a higher perspective, seeing how things are working out for you and not to you, seeing the perfection in as much of it as you can, becoming more neutral. And then you get all these things that you never thought you wanted, but that are satisfying, delicious, fun, exciting, interesting, passionate, all those things. Mm. Then as a Mm -hmm. side effect, because you're not focusing on what you think you want, almost... Well, I'll say, in my case, everything I think I want is also coming true. Of course. That is the amusing part of it. It's that those things come in the wake of this path that you're forging. They just show up. Now, not necessarily in exactly the way I thought that they would, but in a even more tailored to me way, even those things that I just knew I wanted and, and had to have, I, I want that. I want that. I want that. I wasn't willing to give it up. I became so busy with this spiritual work with this path that those things weren't forefront in my mind. They just weren't there. My interests became slightly different and being faced with having things come to me that I really didn't know that I wanted. And that's, that's an interesting concept because it, when I first heard Joshua talk about that, it was, I actually didn't really like it. That's annoying to me. What do you mean? These are things I don't, I, you know, what I truly want is different than what I think I want. What happens when they show up is that you may not be excited and thrilled when they show up, but you're certainly not feeling negative emotion. They, these things show up and there's a even a neutrality about it. It's here. For example, these gifts that have begun to show up, these attributes that have become uncovered, which also come with the understanding that everybody has them. Everyone, everyone has them. This isn't special. It's just unique to me in the way they are. But even those things showed up and I didn't feel excited about them. I wasn't particularly happy. There wasn't any negative emotion with it. It was just there. It just was. And as I started to lean into them and more things about it became interesting and my friends showed an interest in it and it became fun. And then I saw it change things for people around me. I saw transformations just from the information I was receiving and, and, allowing myself to say these transformations to then months later, these things that I would have said I didn't want came and I felt neutral about them to now they are some of the cornerstone of this unimaginable life that I'm living today. That's again, unimaginable. That is not even a year. Yeah. 
not a right. year from when they started to show up yeah. and three years from when I began the bootcamp. Yeah. That's amazing. You had your husband, Drew, your daughter, Lily, and your mom yes. all do the bootcamp. They all have done the bootcamp. Yes. That's how, mm -hmm. uh, you know, beneficial you thought it was. And, uh, yeah. you, you know, not everyone's going to go to where you are, but everyone shifts their perspective. Everyone sees themselves in a new way. What's what's life like been for Lily? Oh, Lily is twenty two now. She did the boot camp at nineteen. She's so the youngest one. Youngest one to ever do the boot camp. She also is now experiencing some of her own psychic, clairvoyant talents and attributes. She has a foot in, in both worlds, which I suppose on some level we, we all do. She has read every Joshua book. She's lives her life generally by these principles. There's at 22, she's a very driven young lady and she has a lot of experience in control, controlling herself, controlling things around her. But even this morning, at, at, at any given time, she will say something to me that that occurred for her. And she'll say, now, I understand that this is for me. This is for my benefit. I'm having trouble seeing it right now, but I know that I will. And then she says, could you help me? Could you walk with me on it? Could you help? That's how she lives her life now at, at her age. She finds herself unable in some ways to even communicate with some of her friends that are completely in fear and control and seeing everything as happening to them. Mm -hmm. She, she does not see it that way. And her life is magnificent from the outside. I see it. And then I know at least more so than most how she's feeling. And generally she feels fabulous and she knows she can have be and do anything she wants. That's fun to see. Her choices are not really because she has to. Her finishing college or going to graduate school, she clearly understands is not about getting something that she doesn't have. It's about experiencing that just for the sake of that, just for doing it. That's amazing yeah. it, to be 22 and have that, have that understanding. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So she's, she's on her way. Great. Yeah. Well, we're mm -hmm. going to start the next boot camp. We do one in spring, one in fall for new people. The existing people can do it anytime they want, and we have more for them. But for new people, it's just one in spring, one in fall. This fall one sets you up for the next year. It's really, you know, a complete, you, you have a completely different perspective on your life in 2023. This, mm -hmm. because it's a new year, you start off on a fresh foot, you start with acceptance. And you'll start to apply everything you learn in the boot camp. You'll see yourself from a new perspective. You'll see how this all works. It's the most fun one to do because we go through Thanksgiving and Christmas starts. And you'll start to see all that process differently and how you interact with your family and your spouse and kids and friends and work. That's and how that I did stuff. it. Yeah. I did a fall. Yeah. And it, it, it was amazing. Something that is interesting about it is approaching the holidays so many people have this belief that they don't have time. I have, oh, it's the holidays. I have people coming in or I have to travel. I have to Christmas shop. I have to do all of these things. And I, I felt that a little bit as well as we approach that part 
the end of my boot camp. And there's a a decision there about just just one time, just one time, put yourself first. Just one time. Take that opportunity to do the five minutes of work in the morning with it to do a 15 minute meditation. We're talking about 20 to 30 minutes a day that you do for yourself. What happened to me very quickly once I really did that was I saw the benefit that I was to everybody around me. My time expanded to fit that in. It was unbelievable. And you suddenly realize you have more time, you're more effective. And the way that you interact with everyone around you just changes everything in your home, changes everything with your family. It's is incredible just by putting yourself first in that, just that one shot at it. Just, just yeah, try a, it. An interesting thing is people will spend money on other people or spend money on things. There's a limiting belief about spending money on yourself for some reason. Mm. One statement that is the most often said is that I can't imagine not doing this boot camp. What my life would be like if I hadn't done just one boot camp. Everyone, every single person says that at the end. Just, Mm -hmm. it's just the most common thing said. When you have this fear, you don't know what it's like when you push past the fear. But pushing past the fears, this is the hardest thing to do. You receive inspiration. Mm -hmm. This, if you're listening to this conversation now, this is inspiration. Sometimes inspiration comes from within, sometimes it comes from without. You can't be listening mm-hmm. to this if it's not inspiration for you. So right. the fear is, I don't have time, I don't have money, will it work? Is this a waste of time like everything else? This is channeled, a channeled course. There's nothing like this on earth. No. This is the nothing. unlimited abundance boot camp. Abundance of money, abundance of time, abundance of freedom, abundance of love. It's all in this. This is what it's about. This is the only way to do it. You can't do anything. I mean, you might go and do some program that some human has written and feel Mm -hmm. good about it, but it won't be as life-changing as this. Now, I didn't know this when it first started. I didn't know it in the first year. I thought it was a nice program. It's not until I've had this experience with myself, with you, with hundreds of other people going through it, where I see the perfection of this. It is yeah. crazy how this one leads to another. It's perfect. You can't even, you, the only imperfect part of it would be me. And my imperfection <laughs> is perfect for it, right? Is perfect for it. Yeah. Of, of course it is. Yeah. Just exactly that's why it That's why it comes through you. It is absolutely, that's perfect for it. Yeah. And the fact that we can do it over and over again is incredible because for me, even in my first boot camp, I didn't miss a thing. In my first boot, I didn't miss one assignment, one day, one meditation. I was in it. Mm-hmm. But the pressure valve was off because I knew there was another one right behind it. If I missed this particular week, we came to your place for that first retreat four weeks into the boot yeah. camp. And there was a time where I felt afraid. Oh no, I won't do my work. But I knew that this is a lifetime. I don't have to pay for this again. I'm in, I'm in it for life. And I can just repeat week four if I have to. That in itself was so freeing. Yeah. And so, so when Joshua says, no, they can take it again as long as they want. I'm like, who's going to take this course again? It's the same thing. And they're like, we'll see. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> I took it again. I'm like, uh, this is totally different than it was before. I didn't, t- I didn't change it. And then no. people are like, yeah, uh, where it. was all this stuff before? Well, what happens right. is when you raise your perspective, 
you have access to information that was not available to you before. It is a bizarre thing. People show me their books. They have yellow markers, purple markers, (laughs) (laughs) pink markers. This was time one. This was read four that I went, of course, you see it differently every time. And I'm beginning to understand that's the way just even with these concepts that we have, they just are layered. Mm. And we we keep going deeper and deeper into everything is right with the channel information that you and I are getting now. It is a deeper dive into that very thing. Well, it's It's, much deeper. Yeah, much Much, deeper, much deeper. So Christy and I are going to start a new podcast called the uh, called An Unimaginable Life. Unimaginable Life. And uh, we'll be Christy channeling and I'll be asking questions and we'll go from there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot lot of stuff coming up. Also, you're going to maybe help out with the boot camp and be on the calls and maybe do a little channeling and maybe do some some fun sessions with people. And and I think so. I feel uh, very inspired to be involved in it in a, a unique way. I've coached people through it. And of course, done it myself. So this one will be fun. I do think I will get get involved, and we'll see how it goes, how how it comes out. But I think I think it could be really interesting. We could add a whole new layer to this boot camp that would be very personal for people. Yeah, really very fun. unique too. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. uh, you liked this conversation, there's only one thing you need to do, and that's send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. Push past the fear. You're not going to want to do it. You're going to think it's going to be awkward getting on a call with me. Maybe be on a call with Christy. Who knows? She might take some of these calls mm-hmm. as well. And it's a really fun call. We do a you know a little bit of conversation about you and your life, and then explain the boot camp in full detail, so that by the end of the call, you know exactly whether it's right for you or not. There's no pressure whatsoever. You'll you'll know for you. We have a few scholarships that were given by a patron. So there's partial scholarships for those of you who would like a little discount. That's in there as well. Uh, just for this boot camp, there won't be another one until sometime in April next year. So just send an email. I'll send you some information. We'll set up a, a time for a call. You'll pick a time or you won't pick a time. You'll, you might ghost me. That's fine too. You know. <laughs> but if you can push past the fear just to send that email, then that's step yeah. one. And then you'll go to step two and step three and step four. Uh, yeah, it will be the best email you have ever sent. I can guarantee that. I've sent millions of email in my life. Yeah. That that one was the best one I've ever sent in my life. Yep. And the conversations are fun and light and easy. There's no judgment, of course. So um, thanks again for being here, Christy. This has been so much fun. Thank you. It has been fun. I'm glad we finally got it going. <laughs> yeah. it and uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for being here. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. All right. Well, I think you can tell by Christy's uh, conversation there that she really got a lot out of the boot camp and really uh, moved her along on her journey of self-discovery to an unimaginable place in her life. It's happening for hundreds of people who have gone through the boot camp. It's continued happening as more and more people go through. This boot camp starting October uh, 17th will be the last one of the year. We do two a year, one in spring, one in fall. So um, if you're inspired, which you are, if you're listening to this, this is a nudge from your inner self and the universe to at least send me an email. Send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. I'll send you some information and 
If you like, we can schedule a call and I'll tell you all about it. That's the only way to get into the bootcamp. It has to be by invitation only, just to make sure that we're on the same page and you fully understand what it's all about. It's a great process of an experience of really ascension. It's learning to see yourself from a higher perspective. And when you do, your entire reality shifts. So uh, thank you for being here. And thank you guys for all your support. We really appreciate everything you do in liking and subscribing and sharing and leaving comments and leaving reviews and all that stuff. So until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye.